you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Psalms, chapter number 11. Psalms, chapter number 11. I want to say that I appreciate the preaching uh, from Brother Doug tonight. My heart has always been blessed and challenged every time I've heard him preach. He's like a brother to me. And uh, some people say we favor. And I claim him. And just want you to know he had a birthday just a few days ago. And he's very much older than I am. But I love him. Appreciate him and Miss Gail. I want to say to the church here at Charity, I thank you for your graciousness, for your generosity. Thank you for a good place to sleep. And I appreciate the ladies uh, spiffing things up and uh, putting in new things. And it was a blessing to Brother Richard and myself. And uh, I went in to, uh, to uh, shower and I reached for the towels. And I thought I had three or four in my hand. <laughs> and there's just one towel. It's bigger than I was. <laughs> and that's why. That's why there wasn't but three there. <laughs> but uh, I commend you, and I commend these ladies and men who have been faithful to service, good meals, and uh, that are kind and helpful. Appreciate anybody that's come by and took my plate and uh, poured a drink. The Bible said if you give a drink of water in the name of a disciple, you'll never lose your reward. And I want to thank God for the good singing by the choir. Uh, and I want you to know that just don't happen. You just don't get up in the choir and sit in the seat and hear what we've heard. It takes practice takes hard work and I appreciate the sacrifice of the choir those who are involved with everything that goes on and I appreciate uh, uh, each one appreciate brother Greg and uh, taking the time to work and uh, boy that sounded good to me that added to the service that doesn't mean God can't bless something that don't have any harmony to it. I've seen him do it too many times. But I'm here to tell you when it does harmonize and it's got the Holy Ghost on it, you're getting the best of both worlds. Amen. If you're willing and able, would you stand at the reading of his word? 
Psalm chapter 11. It is to the chief musician a psalm of David. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the stream that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone and an horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. You can be seated tonight. In 2017, at the Taylorsville Baptist Camp Meeting, Brother Phil Hoskins had preached one Thursday night and at the end of his message he began to sing a little chorus. Won't it be wonderful there having no burdens to bear Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? And he continued to sing that little chorus. The congregation began to sing along with him. And in just a few moments of time, I saw uh, Jordan and Julie and Jesse make their way to the platform uh, 
And Jordan hit the chord that he was singing in and they began to sing along and he was playing. And then they sang a verse of that song and then went back into the chorus and a God come down in a magnificent manner to brothers of a missionary's family were saved that night in that invitation. But that little chorus, won't it be wonderful there, has rung in my heart ever since that service that night. I'm apt to sing it when I'm pumping gas. I'm apt to sing it when I'm walking down the hallway of the hospital. I'm apt to sing it when I go into the grocery store or to Walmart. It doesn't really make any difference. It is living in my heart and it brings joy and freshness to my soul. Tonight, when David began this song, this psalm, he began by singing a little chorus. He said, In the Lord put I my trust. That was something that was living in David's heart. Whatever was said to David, whatever he may feel, that little chorus would ring in his mind, in the Lord put I my trust. For you see, some have said that this psalm was written after Saul had thrown his javelin uh, at David in the king's palace. And David, being uh, uh, an enlisted uh, soldier of uh, the Israel's army, uh, he had a post of duty. Uh, He had made a commitment. Uh, He had resolved uh, uh, to serve uh, his God in his nation's uh, army. But there were those who said, David, uh, you need to flee. Uh, You need to fly away. Uh, You need to leave uh, for your life's sake. Uh, But David said, uh, in the Lord uh, put I my trust. Uh, I have responsibility uh, right here uh, I cannot fulfill my duty by flying away to some mountain. And tonight you need to realize you have made a commitment of your life to the Lord. And though there be those who say in your time of trouble, 
flee to the mountain. You need to learn this little chorus. In the Lord put I my trust. I find in this psalm there are three emphasis. Number one, I want you to note the aggressiveness of David's foes. Look what it says in verse 2. For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string that they may shoot privately at the upright in heart. That verse describes the aggressiveness of David's enemy. His enemy uh, was Saul. Saul was motivated by envy and jealousy. And behind it all was the principalities and powers of the unseen evil world. And tonight, may I say that you and I have an enemy who is aggressive. Our enemy is in principalities and powers, things that are unseen. But every once in a while, they employ the use of human instruments to carry out their dastardly desires. And tonight... Don't underestimate your enemy. He doesn't think well about you. He is not concerned about your welfare. He does not love your family. He does not care about your children. Tonight, our enemy is aggressive. It wasn't that Saul was frustrated and angry with David. No, Saul was venting that anger not just in word but also in action. He meant to slay David that day. He meant to rid him of David. And tonight... David said uh, as he came into the palace, uh, I could hear him uh, singing, In the Lord uh, put I my trust. Uh, He was walking in uh, to the very place uh, where danger uh, and death uh, lurked in the shadow. uh, But in the Lord uh, put I my trust. The aggressiveness. Of David's foes. Did you know that our enemy wants us to quit? Our enemy uh, is not interested in us 
uh, carrying out our duties. Uh, he is not interested in us uh, in remaining faithful uh, to our commitments uh, and our responsibilities. Uh, and tonight, uh, when I got saved, uh, I made a commitment uh, to serve the Lord. Uh, when I joined the church, uh, I made a commitment uh, to be faithful uh, and supportive uh, of that local assembly. Uh, and tonight, uh, we ought to be faithful uh, to where God uh, has put us in. His enemies were aggressive. But I want to look secondly tonight at the advice of David's friends. Look, I'm going to read what they have said. For when David said, In the Lord put I my trust, he then says, How say ye to my soul? Flee as a bird to your mountain. And here they are saying what is in verse 2. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privately shoot the upright in heart. And then in verse 3, his, uh, his friends are still doing the talking. They say to David, uh, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? As if to say to David, uh, uh, David, Saul controls uh, uh, the, uh, the justice system uh, here in Jerusalem uh, and in this country. Uh, and uh, if the foundations of justice uh, are destroyed, uh, what else can you do uh, but flee like a bird to your mountain? But David responds, by saying, in the Lord put I my trust. By the way, it's all right sometimes to sing the chorus first. By the way, there are some verses to this song tonight in this, in this text. Uh, uh, but uh, the chorus was sung first. Last night the choir sang, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And if I remember correctly, they began singing the song by singing the chorus first. Hey, that's biblical. David is singing the chorus first, and then he'll let you know about the verses. I believe the advice that David is given is truly based on friendship. I think they really cared about David. I don't think they had any ill intentions in what they said to David. 
I believe they were sincerely and, and, and genuinely uh, uh, caring for David's welfare when they said, David, uh, flee as a bird uh, to your mountain. Uh, they didn't want anything uh, to happen to, the, uh, to David. Uh, they cared about who he was. And I want to tell you, if you've got somebody that cares about you, uh, you ought to thank God for it. If you've got a pastor uh, that loves you uh, and cares about you, uh, you ought to praise God for it. If you've got a husband and wife or a wife uh, that cares about you, uh, you ought to be able to give God glory uh, and uh, honor for it all. David had some advice given to him based on friendship. Now, you'll not probably have of this many friends in your life. It'll probably be less than the five fingers on one hand. But the Bible said for a man to have friends, he must show himself friendly. That is, uh, humanly speaking, if I want uh, someone to be a friend to me, I must first show myself friendly. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, they're just not friendly down there at the church? My question is, uh, how friendly have you been to them? Because uh, if you show yourself friendly... The Bible said uh, you'll gain some friends. That is the way you do it humanly. But that verse goes on to say, and there is a friend that stick closer than a brother. For you and I to have friends, I must show myself, and you must show yourself friendly. But I'm glad his friendship is not based on whether I'm friendly or not. In fact, I was his enemy. I was at enmity with him. But I'm glad, hallelujah, he was a friend to me in spite of myself. Oh, bless his Their advice was really based on friendship. But also, their advice was based on foolishness. They said to David in verse number one, flee as a bird to your mountain. They didn't say the Lord's mountain. They said to your mountain. As if to say to David, 
David, you're in trouble. And if you don't do something, something bad is going to happen. And David, uh, you better take matters uh, into your own hands. And don't worry about uh, which way you go. Just go to your mountain, uh, the one you choose, uh, where you want to go. And I'm here to tell you that is foolish uh, advice. Uh, to take matters into your own hands. Uh, hey, uh, I'm glad we have a God uh, who can handle the matters uh, at our hand. Uh, and David said, no, uh, in the Lord uh, put I my trust. I mean, it's foolish to tell people to take matters into your own hands and settle the issue. We must learn uh, to turn them things over to God. We must learn uh, to say, Lord, uh, I can't handle it. Uh, I can't make it work, uh, but I'm putting my trust uh, in your ability. Uh, and tonight, uh, I'm glad, hallelujah, when you get it in his hands, uh, it's amazing uh, what God will do. They said, Dave, you, you've got to do something. Has anybody ever told you that? They said you got to do something. Right now, you, you can't wait. Well, I'm just here to tell you, sometimes you just have to wait on the Lord and just say, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. I'm not running. I'm not leaving the uh, there's too many people looking up at my life. Uh, there's too many people depending uh, on me being faithful uh, to my place of duty. Uh, Lord, uh, I'll not take it in my hands. Uh, I'm going to put my trust in your abilities. Based on friendship. Based on foolishness. But this advice is based on fear. They're afraid. They're terrorized. They're talking as if there's nothing else that can be done, David. Saul is the king. He is in command of all the military officials. There's nothing that can be done. And David, we're afraid that your life is going to be taken by Saul. Now I want you to understand that they're filled with fear. And David is just repeating what they have said. These are not the words of David. For he said, how say ye to my soul? Flee as a bird to your mountain. 
And he said, Lo, the wicked bend their bow. The arrow is on the string. And that they may privately shoot at the upright and hard. And they said, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, I just tried to quote that. Can anybody tell me if I said anything about the Lord in what they said? They never mentioned the Lord one time. They never made a reference to the God of David. They never made a reference to Jehovah God. They never talked about him. They never referred to him. He wasn't even an afterthought. They never mentioned him in their conversation with David. But I'm here to tell you, tonight you can find out about a lot of people and how they feel by what they don't say in life. Why, they should have been saying, David, uh, uh, you trust in the Lord. Uh, Our God uh, will protect you. Our God uh, will look after you. But they mentioned nothing uh, about who God was. Uh, All they wanted to do uh, was magnify uh, David's enemy. Uh, But you'll find in this psalm, uh, David does not say one word uh, about his enemy. uh, But he does have a lot to say uh, about his God. And the tenor and the tone uh, turns from minor to major in verse number four. For verse number four gives us the first verse of this psalm. The first verse of this song. uh, And the chorus goes, In the Lord put I my trust. And the first verse says, The Lord is in his holy temple. In the Lord put I my trust. Hallelujah. I'm glad the Lord's at home. The Lord is in his temple. The Lord's in his dwelling place. Did you know John came along in John chapter 1 and said the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt means tabernacled, templed among us. It is emphasizing the fact that the God who was far away now has come near. David said, you told me my enemies are lurking in the shadows, but I'm here to tell you my Lord is nearer than my enemies. My God is close at hand, and in the Lord put I my trust. There's a second verse to this song. It's not only emphasizing the Lord's presence, but David also emphasizes the Lord's eminence. He said, 
the Lord's throne is in heaven. When you refer to someone as your eminence, you are recognizing their power and authority over your life. You are expressing your inferiority to their superiority. And tonight we get it mixed up. Uh, Tonight our enemies are not a superior, uh, but our enemies are inferior uh, to the abilities uh, of our God. You see, David was saying that uh, the Lord is on his throne. The Lord is ruling uh, over my life. There were those who said, uh, you'll never get a fair trial with Saul. Uh, What else can the righteous do, David, uh, but to flee? Uh, And David's response was uh, that the Lord's throne uh, is in heaven. Uh, He said, I may be accused uh, and brought to judgment uh, by Saul, uh, but I know the one uh, who is sitting over the proceedings. Uh, His name is the Lord, uh, and his throne uh, reigns forever uh, and ever and in the Lord put I my trust. Third verse his eyes behold his eyelids try the children of men. That word behold means that he stops and he intently looks He keeps his eyes focused on. It doesn't mean that the God of David gives him a passing glance and goes on about his divine business and said, David, you make it the best you can. I'll be back in a little bit. Oh, no. I'm glad when the Lord said, my eyes behold, he said, David, you don't need to worry. Saul may be lurking in the shadows and you may not be able to see him but my eyes are on you and I know exactly where he is. And he said his eyelids try the children of men. David said, in the Lord put I my trust. Man, if if we could ever sing them verses, that chorus would come a whole lot Uh, sweeter to us. David said, I'm just going to trust him. But that is eyelids try. Now I know some of y'all never have done this. But I've had to do it. And I'm going to give an illustration of it. What the meaning of this word eyelids tried. It means this. Have you ever squinted your eyes? 
you do that trying to bring something to focus. It don't work anymore for me. It used to. But tonight, I'm not insinuating uh, in any way that the Lord's vision is blurred. No, that's not the emphasis. It means that he... He has got us so close to his eyes that he sees every dotting of the I and every crossing of the T. He knows every breath we take. He can feel the heartbeat of our body. He knows our temperature. He knows all about us. He's that close to our life. David said, in the Lord, I'm going to put my trust. If God, and since God's doing all this for me, what other other avenue do I have but just sing, in the Lord, put I my trust. He said, Lord, I'm going to put my protection." And my security into your hands. And I close with this. Brother Greg, if y'all have got a song you can sing, you be coming around. Some of you will remember Brother Paul Gentry. Most of you would not know who Paul Gentry is. Brother Paul loved to come to camp meeting. The Taylorsville Baptist camp meeting was one meeting he came to every year. The Bible conference at West Lenore he came to every year. The camp meeting at Bristol at Brookside Baptist Church he came to it every year but what was so unique about Paul Gentry is he walked everywhere he went he never owned a vehicle he never had a driver's license brother Paul got saved on a Sunday afternoon in a barn loft in 1949, I believe, a preacher led Paul to the Lord. Paul's life changed that day. And Paul loved to go to church. And he'd walk everywhere he went. People would pick him up. In fact, as I was flying to here Monday, I was laid over in Nashville, and uh, a man said to me, "Did you were you on the flight from Charlotte? I said, I am. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Tupelo. And he said, I'm going there too. And I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Hickory. 
North Carolina. I said, well, I'm from Taylorsville. He said, well, I know all about Taylorsville. He said, my receptionist lives in Taylorsville, and they go to Little River Baptist Church. I knew exactly who they were. And uh, uh, he began to tell me. I said, where did you grow up? I said, uh, he said, I grew up in Wilkes County. I said, where at? He said, uh, in the Rachel area of Wilkes County. I, and he said, I went to Rachel Baptist Church my growing up years. I, I said, <clears throat> I preached revival there years ago. He said, Lester Carson was my pastor. I know Lester and Margie have known them all my Christian life. And uh, I, began to, I began to say, well, do you remember Hillary Wood? He is a preacher in that area. He said, yeah, I hadn't thought about Hillary in a, in a long time. This man's about 46 years old. He's the head of, of, a, of a furniture uh, uh, place there in, in Hickory, North Carolina, I've come to find out I didn't know who he was. And uh, I said, well, you probably know uh, 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 another preacher. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now, Cecil Hooper, an old preacher. I said he used to pastor out from Rachel at Oak Level Baptist Church. I said I preached revival for him several times in my life. And his eyes had lit up. And I said, did you ever know Paul Gentry? And his eyes got red. He said, I do. He said, I hadn't thought about Paul in a long time. He said, my daddy used to pick him up, take him to church. He said, my dad leads a singing still at Rachel Baptist Church. He said, you brought to my mind people I hadn't thought about. In a long time. I said, well, let me tell you about Paul. You see, the Lord looked after Paul. I don't have no idea how many miles he walked in his lifetime. But I do know this, the longest uh, uh, mileage he ever walked, I think, was 16 miles one Sunday morning. And you know what? He got to Sunday school that morning. <laughs> Nobody picked him up. He left about 6 o'clock that morning, made it all the way to church, and was there for Sunday school. And some of us have got four or five vehicles, and we can't even get there. And we ought to be ashamed of ourselves. But uh, Paul, the Lord looked after him, and I said, I said, one one morning at the Bible conference in Lenore, Brother Paul stood up. He was on the front row, and uh, I was sitting back in the congregation, and Paul stood up and began to quote Scripture. And he would stutter, but when he had quote Scripture, he didn't stutter one word. And then he went to thanking God for that Sunday afternoon when that preacher had took him and met with him in that barn loft and told him about Jesus. And he said, uh, I was an orphan. I didn't have a mama or a daddy. I didn't have family. Uh, uh, but when I got saved that Sunday afternoon, uh, he said, I got a heavenly father. Uh, 
And I mean to tell you, it's getting hot around there with Paul testifying about God's goodness in his life. And he said, I've walked everywhere, I've went to church, said, I love to go to church, and said, the Lord has protected me, and the Lord has kept me safe all those times. And then he said this. He said, there was one time I was walking to church one evening, one afternoon, and said a car rushed by me and went down the road just a little piece and said I saw it turn around. And he said it headed back my way. And Paul was saying it was coming right at me. And said it got right to me. And said all of a sudden it swerved and missed me. And that crowd went crazy. He was thanking God for protecting him and looking after him in his life. But when it settled down in the back row of the church, a man began to cry out aloud and sob in tears. And he finally gathered himself and he stood up and he said, I must confess, I was the man driving that car. Said I meant to kill him. Said I had seen him walk to church out on the highway said I knew where he was going and said his life stood as a testimony against my wickedness and my unbelief said I turned the car around and said I meant to run him over and I came at him and right before I got to him said somebody grabbed my steering wheel and turned me away and tonight I'm glad I can put my trust in the Lord he does protect his own he does look after his children he will protect us from harm and danger in the Lord in the Lord in the Lord put I my trust why we stand and sing